0: Welcome to the best hour of their day podcast with your host, Jason Fernandez,
1: and me, Jason Ackerman. With more than 20 years in the business
0: as both coaches and affiliate owners,
1: our passion is to help create world-class affiliates
0: and coaches by building better boxes. Welcome to the best hour of your day.
1: You know, we got a lot of positive feedback that I didn't talk much on the last episode. Maybe that's how we should do this thing. Do what? This podcast. Maybe I'll just sit back, let you take over, just like the uh, James Fitzgerald interview.
0: I think a lot of people would like that.
1: I, I you know. We got a lot of feedback on that episode. I don't know that it was so much what James was saying or what I was not saying. People were just like, huh, oh, that was nice. Ackerman was quiet. He was really,
0: uh, what's the word? engaged. You exercise. No, you were not engaged. <laughs> Actually, a much restraint.
1: We did. Hug yes, that, that's that's a good way to put it. So anyway, um, but on that note, we're going to talk, talk a little bit today about continuing in education. So 2021 has been a fantastic year, Fern, on many fronts for best hour and affiliate mm-hmm. you let me ask you on a personal level. Did you develop as a coach?
0: I think I did, but uh, technically, probably no. So What does that no. mean,
1: technically no? Um, Just, you're you're going to say well, if you didn't get a piece of paper, you didn't technically get better. But you also said on the most recent episode, careful credentials don't matter as much as experience.
0: Correct. Right. And and like and, uh, throw so- those-
1: you think I'm not listening. You think I'm not paying attention.
0: You're not listening. You probably know that because Katie cut a clip and posted on Instagram that you later saw <laughs> afterwards. So, yeah. Um, no. As far as technical expertise, probably not. Uh, but I did absolutely grow as a coach in a lot of ways. Um, you know, but probably a little like just on a deeper level. Coach, like I would say, one of the things I've got this uh, this year is um, connecting with people and really. Dig in faster um, onto whatever might need to be fixed. Both coaching affiliate owners and coaching coaches, um, with regard to level two setting, because one of the tough things about a level two is you could pick a lot of things when somebody coaches to to correct. However, if you can deduce down everything that's going on and you can get to the root cause faster, the impact is far greater. And that takes practice, and you know, a lot of messing it up, and I don't know about you, like a lot of my feedback or a lot of my own self feedback when um, when I first started level twos was a just giving too much feedback, and then b the the superfluous type feedback, you know, the stuff that was like, is that really important? Not really. Like really not like digging in and saying like, hey, this is this is the issue that you need to work on. Um, so just you know stepping back and having the wherewithal to really walk, really dissect and figure out what's the problem. right So there's root cause in movement and then there's root cause of if, if I'm watching a coach coach and then there's root cause in a business that is broken. And I think the ability to in all of those scenarios to get to root cause the fastest um, and then unpack that and give them something that's digestible, and, and actionable is ultimately what would, and at least in my mind, what would make a, a good co- And that's what I try to do. I don't know if I'm good at it yet, but...
1: Well, you're basically using the concept of triage.
0: Um, y- yes. Well, yes and no. So that is a, that is a part of triage, I think. Um, but I think root cause is a little bit more complex than just
1: triage. When, when you're at a level two... And you're giving feedback to a participant. So, just in case they don't know, you take your level one, your certificate course, you know, right. you, you get taught the nine foundational movements, you get taught a couple other additional movements and lots of methodology. And then there's a, you sit and you take a test. You come to take your level two, and it's very similar format. And the big change is now you're coaching these breakout groups and you're getting feedback. Now, to be clear, I like to remind the participants, your feedback has no bearing on whether or not you pass or fail the level two test. So you can become a level two trainer. You could have gotten the worst feedback out of every participant and go home. It's a take home test. I believe you have 30 days to take it, but if you pass it, you pass, you're a level two trainer, but within there we're giving feedback. So there's lots of small breakout groups. And then it kind of culminates with you teaching a small group, usually four to Six other people, mm-hmm. and in that, in those breakout, you're teaching one of the nine foundational movements. <laughs> you ever get someone for, and you're like, okay, what movement do you want to teach? They're like, Smash. handstand pushups. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I'm like, handstand walk. And I'm like, okay, how about let's um, go back? Let's pick one of the nine.
0: Sometimes I'm tempted to be like, fuck it, show let's me. Let's see what let's happens see what
1: you got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's see how this goes. Um, <laughs> but anyway, you know, we're gonna watch you coach one of the nine, and then we're gonna give you feedback on that. And ideally, I mean. I don't know. This is what I want to hear from you. Just out of curiosity, you know, I, I, I do a couple things when I'm providing feedback, I kind of write down the six criteria teaching. You know, I have the categories teaching seeing, correcting group management, demonstration, presence, and attitude. And I, I, you know, like you said, we can give out so much feedback, your demo, you were, you had a little bit of forward inclination in your dip on the push press, you know, or group management, you know, I try to give, two strong pieces of feedback that I think if you take home and implement will make you a, a much better coach and they typically are in the teaching scene correcting categories right you know we like to say like I, I I remind the group like we all need to improve our demonstration if you do something I might throw it out there in case you didn't know about it but that's just like right. work on this group right. management it's a small group. You should be okay. But at a minimum here, here's let's, let's throw a couple of things out there that you see. Tell me, you know, what you think about this. Oftentimes I've got two kind of pet peeves. They're not pet peeves, but I got two things that I see in the, in the groups that I'm always like, this is you just filling time. And it's a, when they do a couple reps and then the coach will be like, how do you feel? How does that feel guys? (laughs) And I'm like, and I'll be like, they don't know how that feels. Like, yes, these are CrossFitters, they're taking their level two, but if this were your onboarding session, here's how that feels, terrible. That feels terrible. Like I would rather be sitting on my couch that I was doing for the last 30 years. Now, all of a sudden you're making me squat. This feels bad. So don't ask, how does that, when you're asking, how does this feel? You're basically saying, I'm giving you a short break and I'm just checking in. So rather than or- saying, how does this feel? Take a pause and and go on to the next topic. Like, all right, we just right. worked on heels, let's work on knees. That's that's where layering comes in. But what were you gonna right. say? Or what? Or what?
0: <laughs> or you or it's for your own self-reassurance.
1: Yeah. I lack confidence. Did I do a good right. job? Tell me how that feels.
0: Uh right. And the same uh you could give the same critique to many of us when we first start giving lectures. When you give a concept and you say, Does everybody understand?
1: Yeah, does that make sense?
0: <laughs> does that make sense? You know, and, and it's and like, was, well, did, did you say it in a manner that didn't make sense? Yeah, That's, yeah, what, that's it, why you're asking. You're asking be- because it's a pause. It's a filler. I'm not really confident in what I just delivered to you. Uh, so everybody goes through that. And in, in when you start teaching until you're really confident that this, what I've just given you is... Is good and there's no reason you shouldn't be able to. And if you don't, then just say something, but we're going to keep moving.
1: Yeah, you, you hear that a lot with with the mm-hmm. word right also. So, you know, you asked me a question about the air squad. Yeah, so an immature squad is, you know, when someone's cantilevered forward, right? And then it becomes like, well, you're the expert and you're seeking approval. So, definitely if you're public speaking, be aware of that. There's a difference between, hey, I'm delegating a job. And I need to make sure that person understands that new task. And I think better than saying, does that make sense? It's like, can you repeat that back to me to make sure we're on the same page? But in this, you know, in this instance, yeah, a lot of coaches do that. They also do the, so I got two others. I got the, here's one they'll do a handful of movements. And it's like, all right, guys, shake it out. I'm like, this isn't fucking jazzercise. We're not shaking it out.
0: I always tell them, uh, they did five reps. Why, why they don't need a break. Like, why are you crossfitters suddenly are so nice? I'm like, these are the people that want to work out seven times a day. It's, like they, it's, they can do 15 reps on a PVC pipe. It's fine. Just, and, and again, it's because they're taking a break in order to, and far more often than not taking a break so you can get your thoughts together. Be like, I don't know what I'm going to do next. You guys shake it out while I figure out what the next step of this plan is going to be. That's the equivalent of like, all right, guys, here's the workout. Go for 400 meter run. And then I'm going to write my lesson plan while you guys go out there for a run. Um, it's the same, it's the same thing. It's, it's lack of, it's lack of preparation, um, or lack of confidence, you know, not, not done maliciously or out of, uh, lethargy, but just, you just weren't prepared. So you're just like, all right, I got to buy myself some time. So here is this thing you're going to do while I think about my thoughts.
1: Yeah. And, and then, and then lastly, you know, we've got those kind of fillers and then at some point, A coach will be like, All right, guys, give me 10 reps. And I'm like, Yeah. So, you know, that's where group management, you know, this is all stemming from group management. If you say, Give me 10 reps, the first thing I will reply to you is, You've not seen anything yet. So, what makes you think 10 people or seven people moving at the same time for 10 reps, you're going to see nothing? Like, you're already not seeing anything. So, this is not going to make your job easier. So, when we say group management, it's that. Control the reps. You know, we talk about static and dynamic positions. Don't get don't get it twisted. Like at some point in your class, let them go. Like it's a warm up now, but we're distinguishing right. between this is the teaching portion of class versus now you're moving to warm up.
0: Right. Yeah. There's pra- there's practice, which is the controlled portion, and then there's the the warm up was in it, which is an extension of training. Yeah. You know, if we're, if we're if we're thinking about the two, you know, the ten general physical skills and the the different ways that we could uh, improve on those, practice the practices we're doing very controlled reps, lacking, you know, largely absent of intensity. And then when we're like, all right, guys, like it's time to start warming up. You can start moving your own pace. This is now we're getting into the we're we're inching our way into training. Um, but yeah, and I think that comes with rep all of that stuff it comes with practice it comes with feedback it comes with creating aware you know either self-awareness or awareness brought to you by someone else and that now becomes the path moving forward and so there's multiple ways to do that i can do that i can do that in an interactive forum so level two cdp just walk into somebody else's gym and have them do an evaluation on on my class writing your own lesson plans tracking your timelines then there's the the more cerebral or controlled which is i take a course f- in person or virtual uh, or i just study video or something like that but you kind of want to be bouncing back and forth between all of those as you go through you know i got feedback this past weekend
1: what was your feedback
0: it was like you're way better than jackerman
1: <laughs> you and i got our our annual reviews from crossfit and i was texting him, i was like i can't believe my feedback is so good right now
0: jay's response was surprisingly good so,
1: <laughs> i was speak, yeah i was volumes to volume, I was. So your
0: self-awareness which is you know
1: <laughs> no it's really it was like wow i'm good i'm good at this thing um so so well let, let's let's dig in a little bit you know we we talked about just kind of you know mm-hmm. this idea of triaging when it comes to um you know giving feedback and coaching but if if we were giving advice as far as triaging continuing ed because that's a big thing right it's man we just had our coaches development group i think 10 people passed their level three this year from that group that was pretty crazy and the point being now it becomes a time where now you need some continuing ed um, you have to revalidate it I'm at so I think you need fifty CEUs every three years. Fifty five. Fifty five is it? Pretty sure. Pretty I'm, sure at 86. It be, I'm at eighty six. I'm at eighty six. No, you might, though, no right.
0: I think you're right. Actually, I think it might be fifty. I'm gonna sneeze. Sorry. When, it, um, when did yours? When did yours? When did you? When did your cre, uh, credential
1: lapse? Expire twenty twenty three. I've got over two years left, or about a year yeah. and a half. And I'm at 86 credits. So I'm like, I don't need any. I'm I'm good. Like, I'm a doctor yeah, now, I, as you guys know. I just, so I don't need man. anymore.
0: I just, I just revalidated mine. I think
1: we got to be around the same the time last. because we took it at the same no, time. No,
0: mine is, no, my, I literally just got mine redone like within the past 12 months. So I still have like two and a half years left, probably. But I have, uh, I think I have 42. 50. Yeah, 50. You're He's right. 50, yeah, so yeah. I 42. Know. I have 42. Of the fifty requirements, and so I still have two and a half years left. So I'll, I'll I will I will go way over because I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna take the nutrition course, CrossFit nutrition course, and then I have a couple other that I will that'll be um, that are lined up for there too, and then other courses that are not Ceu approved that I'll still do as well.
1: Yeah, and then you know, and for the record, for those listening, the the reason you and I are able to get a, a few more you know CEUs is we get it for judging at the games we get it for um some of the other things that we do in crossfit our summits uh et cetera. so so we're able to get some but uh you know i i revalidated my pn1 this year which was like 20 additional credits um and, and a few How other things How long is
0: that for? How long is that credential good for?
1: The pn? Yeah. Uh that was the first time i had to revalidate i would say it was probably 5 years i don't know okay. though exactly
0: i did mine like 2 years ago maybe and I definitely didn't submit for CEU so that was dumb I might be able to still do be able to do that
1: you might be able to or you could potentially revalidate it which was literally just taking the test take the test I'll probably just I'll probably
0: just do that um Um, so that I'll take I'll do both of those I'll do um I need to reset for the CSCS and just get
1: that oh you're gonna take that
0: I've taken it twice already the I've yet to open a book uh, but I took it twice. It's two parts. So there's the, I for so forget me. I'm I'm forgetting the names for the two sections of the CSCX exam. But it, it, essentially, it's practical and not theoretical or like scientific or something like that. The practical passed. The the back half, the second. I don't remember what, by. It wasn't a lot, but it was just. I do remember it was. I I was taking the test. And these are just things that you just need to know what is in the curriculum. You know, they're, they're, they're answers where they want a specific book answer for this thing. Um,
1: is it open book test? I, no,
0: no. Oh. But you you would have need to study the curriculum in order to know the answers, which I did not do. Um, so I need to go back and, and retake it. And then other stuff out to box, you know, CSCS, you know, obviously uh, James Fitzgerald was just on the podcast. OPEX. I'm pretty, that's is that CE is, is that they are they, are they a CEU approved course?
1: Well, based on what he had to say about CrossFit, I would. <laughs> guess.
0: Right. He probably didn't worry. He probably didn't care enough to to submit that. So probably not. Um, so but, then, but let's like.
1: Well, I was going to just say, you know, we got a lot of coaches listening, whether it's level one or level two trainers, or or maybe they have passed their level three and they're thinking about CEUs. When when you think back to when you first started doing CrossFit and, and you're getting the credential of the level one what was your path? You know, for me, when I started doing CrossFit, it was only CrossFit. The only thing that I ever did outside of CrossFit was the RKC. Um, so I did, I did that. I mean, this was before I needed credits. This was simply for education, but I did. I mean, if you go in the trainer directory, you can see all of our specialty seminars that we've taken and I've taken them all like literally every single one, um, Just because I wanted, you know, at the time I was like, I want to learn more. I want to learn. And in 2007 and eight, you can go on to, you know, your podcast app and hear two masters such as us discuss (laughs) like a, right. um, You know, breaking this shit down. Um, There was nothing. The only thing there was, was the journal and then specialty courses. I mean, now you can learn so much without spending a dime, but what was your path after you took your level one?
0: So my path. I, this is a very interesting topic, and now that we're having this conversation, I, my, my parents are in town, so my dad, uh, my, we were at dinner the other night, and we were just talking about, so my dad has coached basketball for, he, well, he's actually retired, so he reti- retired from coaching basketball, I think, uh, a year and a half ago, or whatever, but it was 36 years as a basketball coach, and then he retires next, he retires in, like, six months or something like that from teaching.
1: Like, and he's going to move season. to Virginia Beach?
0: Uh, they're thinking about it. They're not sure yet. The. Yeah. But we, he was talking about, so he's still the athletic director, so he still sees a lot. He's, you know, fully in tune with the athletic programs and he goes to all the games and or whatever. And he was talking about how bad some of the young coaches are these days. And my mom uh, brought up a good point. She said, well, she's like, you've said before, she's like, none of them go to conferences. They don't invest. They just get in there and then they do. And this is this is very much analogous to most CrossFit coaches, which is they get the credential and they never leave the walls of their box. So the ceiling that you are capped by is really, 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 really low. There's only so much information inside the walls of that gym. And what people, so there's two types of continuing education. There's the actual education piece there's a course there's a credential there's a piece of paper and then there's the get outside and go do your craft with other people education that is actually the really really important one which is you need to go and sit with other people you need to go i remember my dad used to go to you know several conferences every year with basketball like for basketball coaches Every year you guys just did a simultaneous coffee drink just now. Um, I noticed the, that. I noticed it. it. Yeah. Um, if you're not you watching this on in.
1: YouTube, you wouldn't know that by the way, you would just be you hearing
0: it. You didn't let me in on that. And so that's what I did. I was always trying to be physically in the room with other people so I could because there's courses and then there's the small nuances or ideas that you pick up by having an offline conversation with somebody or watching them interact with somebody else. Like that's where the nuggets are. That is where you become a great coach and you can unpack an idea with somebody like, why are you doing that? And they say, well, this is what I've learned because I used to do it this way and then we morphed it and now we run this offense or I used to use that progression and now I use this one because it doesn't work with the set of athletes. And far too many people are not pursuing that. It's just pursuing the checklist. Be like, you have all of these things. I'm like, so what? Like you need those things, but like, can you coach? That's the thing. And you can coach if you've been around a lot of other good coaches. And I don't think enough people put themselves around other great coaches. Now, you and I have been very fortunate enough to where the pursuit now is baked. That pursuit is now baked into the cake. You're constantly around other coaches. So, But if I wasn't doing that, I would still be pursuing that in some other fashion because that was the only way that I ever learned to do to get better at anything. So whether I was playing baseball or basketball or football, whatever the sport was, I was constantly in camps. I was, which are both educational and competitive. And then I was constantly, you know, just diving in and going to see other coaches, whether it was a strength conditioning coach or whether it was a powerlifting coach, or whether it was a speed coach. And then just getting in the same room with other people and trying to siphon off information with them, and you need to pursue both. But I think far, too, and obviously, its times are a little weird now. But still, most people are not seeking out other information and just sitting down with another human being and, and say, "Tell me what you know." Just give me the information. Like I, I I'll I will soak all of it up, and that is a massive. Ma- That's also how trades and real yeah. skill sets. Die. That's how they die. Because back
1: um, in the day, it'd be like an apprenticeship, right? Like I want to be a welder, or I want to be a shoemaker. So this is
0: actually something. If you listen to Jocko uh, Willing his podcast, when he talks about the um, the, because they have uh, is it Origin? Is that his company?
1: Yeah,
0: Origin. Origin. So they have the the big. So they make leather boots, but it's all handmade. So they have the big. I forget what they're called. Like the big old industrial machines and I cannot remember what they're called, like to make machine.
1: Yeah, if you look them up, they're made stuff like that. States. Yeah. And then,
0: anyway, the, the long story short is, this is a perfect analogy, is they, they, they had to go find these old machines, and there was only like a handful of people that still knew how to use them. And he's, and he said, we're literally like uh, like less than one generation away from never, ever being able to do that again because nobody knows how to do it. And it's just like, well, this dude and then they got rid of it and they changed it and he's and so they're they're actually like trying to get people the skill set back. And I think that it could be the same thing is if you spend all of your time here behind a computer and all you do is read a book and you take courses and all of that stuff, you're you know, you're essentially just an academic and it's there's nothing wrong with being an academic, but it has its limitations and it and it doesn't have full transfer into the real world or, or practically speaking onto the floor with an athlete, whether it's CrossFit or basketball or football or golf or whatever it might be. At some point you need to put the damn book down and you need to go watch somebody else coach and interact with them or go coach yourself and take that knowledge and put it into practice and figure out what you actually know.
1: Yeah. And I think the big difference is a trade versus kind of a customer service business too, right? Where, the trade of making boots you can probably develop and test on your own a little bit but you know i would equate it to almost like being a chef right like yeah you can right. take a course and be a great chef but you need to give it to people like how does this taste what should i add more of what spice is good and you know you got to go that, be a sous
0: right? chef for somebody else
1: right you got you got to learn and
0: learn and, from them
1: yeah and i think you know too many people well i would throw it up there I would guess as high as 90% of CrossFit trainers, so in other words, someone takes their level one, I would say 9 out of 10 never coach outside of their own affiliate, and of that 90%, probably 90% of those people never get any feedback.
0: Right. Well, I mean, so, and I I think it's a mass mistake. Many times people come here all the time. There's a coach here right now from another gym because he's moving and going to another gym that happens to be an affiliate that we work with an affiliate you. So it just worked out. He's local here. I, I believe I did his either level one or level two, maybe both. It doesn't matter. But the 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 invite was open and he took us up on it. And he's been here. He's been to numerous classes over the past two months uh, with both Cassidy and Lindsay, just sitting in, hanging out. And I told him, I was like, if that dude wants to coach, put him on the floor, put the screws on him. Like if we're going to help him, let's help him.
1: Yeah. I mean, you guys Give feedback. So, I mean, when we were there, obviously I coached and Lindsay gave me feedback, but then I saw, you know, we, we kind of got a firsthand look at what your internship process looks like. The guy that was coaching, you know, was getting watched by two other coaches, Lindsay and Jared. Um, and I and think that's happening quite often, but mm-hmm. I think it's a big mistake, I think, and, and this doesn't only fall on box owner shoulders. I think that's kind of where, where level one trainers want to go with it. Well, my box doesn't give me feedback. Cool. Go your somewhere responsibility. else. Yeah, and that doesn't mean go somewhere else and leave your box. I'm not claiming that, but I no. mean, go somewhere. You know, I would guess this day and age, everybody is within an hour, maybe two hours of a of a level three trainer. Would you say something along those lines? I don't know. Let's call it the United States. Like you're not that far.
0: Yeah, I mean um, uh, the the bigger point is you're close to somebody.
1: You're close to if you maybe care, not a level three. Maybe, it it's
0: a, maybe it's a high level strength and conditioning coach. You're, you might be That's relatively true. close to a, uh, a college or something where somebody around there has information that would be useful to you. And the point is pick up the phone. You can find anything on the internet. Find this person's email, find their phone number. I found a, contact naked picture them. Of
1: a on the internet
0: yeah Oh, well, you're welcome Same. that's uh that's a that's an nft that's that's controlled by nft so you won't it's need to know an yeah i made
1: it into an NFT. Um,
0: um, that, the uh but but the point is you should be seeking that out you should be going to them and in don't ask them for anything by the way just be like can i just show up and just be a fly on the wall and just spend some time here watching what you do you will learn so much on a one day trip on, if by doing something like that, it will blow your mind. It's it's thing things like that in my mind are worth a dozen courses.
1: You know, I'll I'll give this shout out to Ben Bergeron. Back in maybe 2011 or 12, I used to. It was a three and a half hour drive from Albany to get to mm-hmm. CrossFit New England, and I would go there maybe once a quarter, and I would just be like, I would coach his eight, you know, nine. He would give me feedback. I'd implement it, and you know that was before it was like. A level two, three, or four trainers before the test. It was before I was on staff. I knew Ben and his wife, Heather, were on staff and I respected them as coaches. And I was just like, I need feedback. I'm not getting any feedback. Like my coaches watched me, but you know, it wasn't the same as like someone like an expert, you know, when I would consider Ben an expert, um, you know, giving, giving me feedback. And not that it's the reason I'm a level four coach or anything, but I think there's a correlation between those that seek out feedback and those that get better and become the next generation of great coaches and you know we're wrapping up 2021 i believe this episode will be up before the new year and i think this should be a call to action you know if you're a trainer stop you know i want to say being lazy but let's 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 reframe it in the positive like seek out growth this year seek out becoming a better coach if you're a level one trainer sign up for your level two this year i don't care if you just took it this year like What's the difference if you spend $1,000 now or in four years? Like, go spend the money, sign up for it. And and be- beyond that, I would say, and then also take that next step. Like Fern said, look at the affiliates within an hour of you. Find one that either has a level three or maybe somebody's on staff or maybe it's just a good coach that you've heard of. And just reach out and be like, hey, can I come in? Can I watch? Can I can I coach? You know, there's there's lots of alternatives.
0: You should pursue... The credentials, right? That's a real thing. Again, I've said it before like a, a resume is still a thing. Okay. However, you need to get out and coach. Like there, there's no other means of getting good at this and get off your ass. And if you're not pursuing continued education, whether it's formally or informally, then I think you should quit coaching because you're not doing, you're doing everybody a disservice. You're, you're athlete, you're getting worse. Your athletes are overpaying for an underdelivered service. And why else would you be doing something if it weren't to get better at it?
1: He, right, you, like- you, you just said something that I think is worth taking a moment on. I, yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. But you also said you're getting worse. And I think that's something that's not understood. Coaching is a diminishing Perishable asset. Skill. Perishable skill. That's what I meant. It's like motivation. It's always is it what i said.
0: Longi- longevity?
1: Longitivity? Longitivity, always- <laughs> I'm pretty sure is a word. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's a word. Um, but it is, it's a perishable skill, we'll call it. And that means, and, and I would say this, what do you think about this? Yes, not doing it, but even not doing it with any feedback because you're basically just doing the same thing. So it's perishable even when done, if you're not getting some feedback you know just think about if somebody were to start crossfit and never get coached on the movement you know they're not necessarily getting better or worse they're staying stagnant so let's call it that even if it doesn't perish you're you're not growing that's for sure
0: actually i disagree and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna let everybody off the hook with that all right
1: opt let's hear it
0: right (laughs) i disagree i I think it's
1: you think it's vitality
0: it's vitality the um well, no, I'm, I don't want to let everybody off the hook because if you say that that's the only way to get better, then we're like, well, I don't have access to that, and I can't make a trip. And I'm like, well, to some degree, yeah, you absolutely need that. Some at some point you need oversight. However, if you look at anybody that became top of the heap, world class at their thing, Jordan, Gretzky, uh, Ackerman. Pele, uh, Ackerman
1: again, Ackerman, I said. I don 't remember what
0: that is, um but the point is if you if you look back and you and you really study some of these individuals in an immense amount of time that they spent honing their craft was by themselves, and I was a mediocre basketball player, and many many, many of the things that I became good at were were just hours of practice messing it up on my own and learning by trial and error can 't do this i can 't do that. The timing is off. I need to get better at this position, or I can't cover that distance fast enough, maybe because my footwork sucks. But you don't need somebody else all the time. You need to walk in with intention and say, I'm going to try to do this. And then the feedback is, you did it or you didn't. And then you reevaluate. And I would tell you that even with no feedback, if you were practicing and trying to achieve something that you have either seen or heard about, you would back your way into being pretty fucking good at it right? I'll give you that. I mean, think about it. Think about it. Like you and I watched a bunch of videos back in the day because it, there weren't a ton of level three trainers out there. And then I just went out and practiced the shit out of it. Right. Same You're thing. Kinda... T- we've talked about this drill before where it's just like, you don't need athletes to coach, set out 10 med balls and coach a g- squats group to 10 med balls and see if you can do that for 10 minutes without a single break in stride. What you will learn by doing that. Will make you a really good coach.
1: Yeah. I mean, I did it. I agree with you. We, most people on staff right now will tell you how they did that because it's hard to replicate that small group coaching that you have to then do in your internship. So, most of us, you know, whether one thing I used to do is put uh, post, not post like post it notes or what's, what's a three by five index cards and write oh, down yeah. like a name and like two faults and try to remember, like, okay, Susie doesn't open her hips. You know, Johnny over there is curling the ball. But, like, and then give out cues and and practice that. I agree with what you're saying. It's kind of like that whole, like, Kobe Bryant, Mamba mentality of, like, be practicing when no one's watching. Be the first one there. Right. And you're right. You're right. I think you can get better without that feedback. I guess my assumption is the same people that aren't seeking feedback are probably not doing what you just laid out.
0: Well, the feedback and the tests and all that stuff, that is a measurement of your progress. When I go to sit down with somebody, I'm like, how much have I improved? But the improvement, that shit happens on your own time. Yeah, like Not somebody else's dime. That's your dime. And that's where I don't want to let people off the hook and be like, well, I can only do this if somebody else watches. I'm like, that's a bullshit excuse. If I only like dribbled or, pl- or, or shot a basketball in the presence of another human being, I would have never even made the JV team.
1: Let alone Division One.
0: Yeah, let it, let alone be able to dunk on you.
1: I mean, if people watch the video of me hitting that three, that long two, that long two, <laughs> that was a woman's three, maybe women's three, collegiate three. No, they're
0: they're, they're the same difference. But I, a women's ball would fit more nicely in your hands because you have small, small, um, small person type hands, just smell like cabbage.
1: Um, off topic on topic please. can we discuss katie's triple jump for a second is it supposed to yeah. look that awkward katie or is that like oh is gosh. that normal can you just <laughs> <Is that supposed laughs> leave to look- me alone i feel like i feel like so that was like well, a video of like watch catch the fault on this triple jump and i'm, I'm
0: like, oh. go, no i'm gonna defend you katie number Thank one you, the Fern. triple jump the triple jump is not what i would consider an athletic looking endeavor even when done well yeah. it's a very awkward
1: it's um, obscure
0: and so was supposed to look like that, is you're That's saying? why I did well in it. What'd you say?
1: It's supposed to look like you did it. It's a hop, skip and a jump. It's supposed to. Yeah. Hop, it's not supposed to look. Yeah. It's a hop. It's skip, It's actually and a jump. counter.
0: It's actually counterintuitive because of the way you do it. It's it's, it'll be your non-dominant, non-dominant, dominant.
1: How do you it's know like so, so track, much about the triple
0: jump firm? Uh, I also was a track athlete, my friend. Did we, yeah. do we,
1: do you, were you a division one triple jumper? Is that the term?
0: No, 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 no. no I was not. No, but I did. I did track and field in high school as well.
1: Okay, so well, I, here... ran,
0: I did. I did a little bit of cross country. It was the largest cross country runner you've ever seen? And then, um, and then I ran uh, some of the sprints. So I ran four by four relay, and I was fast uh, in high school. Cross country is um, different
1: than track, right? Like different. At least in New York, it was different. Totally
0: teams. different. Yeah, yeah, totally yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, I... They're they, the the uh the why am i blanking on it but the type of athlete you're looking at totally different yeah. so oh, yeah. cross country looks very much like a marathon marathon mile runners track athletes look like special like a cornerback
1: like ben johnson football. remember ben johnson the Canada guy that popped yeah, like, yeah like, i mean like Jack Hughes, steroids
0: yeah. are a beautiful what thing. Was the dude's um,
1: name michael was it michael johnson the american
0: michael john yeah michael johnson yeah, yeah. yeah ben was johnson Jack. was from uh, canada um
1: yeah um i signed up for cross country my sophomore year in high school
0: Cause I was only just running just through the to woods.
1: Prepare, I was like, I need to prepare for wrestling season. And then I get if there. You, and-
0: if I'd have seen you running cross country in high school, I would have believed in hobbits. I'd have been like, there's well, a
1: hobbit coming out of the woods. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You did not see me because I got there <laughs> day of practice. And I was like, wait, we're going to just run every day. I was like, no, thank you. No thank you. And that's why I joined a gym. And then, you know so I could have been a Rest level four running coach at this point otherwise. But I was like, fuck that. I don't want to run five miles a day. So anyway, um, when you guys are in town, which we will be shortly, Katie, you and I are gonna have a triple jump off.
0: I'm excited for you to blow out your knee trying to jump yeah. just, like that's gonna happen. <laughs>
1: Well, I've been doing the knees over toes work. Uh, Hopefully we're going to have knees over toes guy on uh, the show next year. And I've been checking out some of his stuff. So my knees will not blow out. Thank you very much. Real quick, though, just because
0: you you just constantly like give me crap for how awkwardly I move. And I know I move. I don't move super like I move kind of weirdly, but just out of curiosity.
1: What college did you compete at? Because both me and Fern competed in college. So which sport did you do in college? I was just curious. Well, for record, for the record, uh, I went to Albany to wrestle, but the wrestling team got cut. Banded. <laughs> it got cut, Title IX type of stuff was going on in you know, mid nineties. So I did. You showed up, I and you do, were the I only person
0: there who wanted to wrestle, and they're like, "We can't justify the budget for this." Sorry,
1: <laughs> I still did do some club wrestling. Okay, so there all you right. Go. There you so go. you did, which but, is
0: weird, by the way. Yeah, what? Yeah. What's it'd weird? Be, it, it, club wrestling? Be like, it'd be different if you were competing for it. Be like, you know what? I just want to roll around and hug a bunch of dudes um, just for fun. Yeah, it, yeah. it was.
1: It's no different than Division One, except it's just you know you're 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 going to different colleges. You're still having dual meets and tournaments. You're just not a uh, you know, recognized by the NCAA, I suppose.
0: Yeah, my brother competed in, uh, he did club hockey, club ice hockey. Yeah, that's
1: like, you know, intramural. It's not quite as, you know, prestigious as Division One. I get it. Were you Division One, Katie? Division three, all the way. Oh. That's basically a club sport. It is not Um, a club. I was an NCAA sport. Yeah, she was. (laughs) Are you in the video game, like Fern? She was in in NCAA basketball. She was in the clearinghouse, though.
0: She was in the clearinghouse. She was NCAA clearinghouse.
1: But 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 let's bring it back. So, you know, we we, we're throwing out there a challenge. You know, get out there, get feedback, take take the next credential. Um, You know, and and I want to throw out there like we just had a coach's call, and I want to give a shout out to my man Federico. He's been you know, in the coaches group for quite some time. And, you know, I, I don't think he'd mind me saying it, but you know, he he was talking to us about how, you know, his family, he has, he has a brother that's a, you know, very smart physicist. And, you know, he feels like his parents are more proud maybe of that. And I think, you know, that that's a hard pill to swallow. Right. But I also was giving him, you know, lots of positive feedback. And at 43 years old, my parents still don't think I have a real job. Um, to be quite honest, don't. I don't think I have a real job. <laughs> yeah, yeah I was going to say, but that's what life feels like when you when you do what you love. Like you're just like it, it doesn't feel like you have to go to work or you know like this is stressful or, or or I don't want to do it. I'm excited every day. But I will say, part of the problem is you do have a lot of trainers out there that just like we said, kind of rest on their laurels. Like oh, I got my level one. See you in five years, and it's like until we get more coaches and more trainers, you know leveling up and and becoming better you know it, we will feel like that it's on us we've talked about this a lot lately but it's it's on us to be at the forefront and whether that's you know demanding you know better compensation from the box you coach at or seeking out other places to coach but it's also seeking out improvement in your own skill set and your trade and, and and becoming a professional like. The hobby coach needs to, you know, there's always going to be a need for that. And I don't want everything. Like, not everyone should quit their job. Like if you have, a, you know, circumstances that don't allow it, or you're close to a retirement. For the record, the you don't have to quit
0: your job to do any of that. Yeah. I always Correct. had multiple jobs when I was doing all of that.
1: Yeah. I mean, you were in the military. You were, you had other jobs for uh, other companies. You were potentially going to med school. Like we, we all had other things going on. And then at some point, I think, When you, when you care enough and you do become good enough at this, you're like, oh, I'm going to do this thing, but you need to, you need to earn that right. I think too many level one trainers out there kind of just take their level one and they're like, cool. Now give me all the good stuff that comes along with it where it's got to be. No, you go create that. You go find it. You go, you go manifest that
0: yeah you have to pursue that or again i will i'll stay on the statement that i then i think you should not do this if you're not pursuing betterment in some fashion and there's there's levels of that there's a varying degree of your pursuit of betterment but if you're not doing something that i just don't think you should do this anymore then and also these are in many instances not all many instances the same people who are complaining about so-and-so's coach and i don't think that if you are pursuing betterment both formally and informally and putting yourself out there and making yourself uncomfortable in front of other people, I don't think you have the right to complain about what Bob is or isn't doing because you're not doing anything to fix the problem. This is the same thing as a box owner who complains that the gym down the street is opening up. And I'm like, well, they wouldn't need to open up. If you were crushing it, everybody would be happy. So stop complaining do something about it and do something about it starts with you starts with me before i start bitching about somebody else like what i have to do is i have to take care of my shit and then when i move from there then and here's what i'll tell you once you start pursuing that you don't have time for anybody else's shit like what are they doing i'm like i don't know and i don't care
1: yeah i think i think you i think you nailed it right there it's like part of that is just focusing on yourself right i mean People ask us all the time, like, how how do we not deal with, uh, you know, certain people, whether it's on the podcast or talking about us? It's like, because we just focus on us. And by focusing on us, we win every day. We wake up, we win, and we move forward. And I think, like I said earlier, the challenge is, if you're listening to this, I don't care if you're level one, two, three, or four, what are you going to do to get better? And it can be something simple. I told my um, coaches development group, I've got a book on my desk that I'm studying you know Marcus Aurelius meditations uh, whether it's whether it's a productivity book a self help book do something to get you better but of course sign up for the next credential if you're listening to this as a level 1 trainer we challenge you to take your level 2 course we, you you got to take it you got to get better if you've got your level 2 get those hours take your CPR sign up for your level 3 if you've got your level 3 you know until the level 4 credential comes out Go take some of the specialty seminars. Go take the CSCS. Go do something, but get better. Read a book. You know, develop as a coach. Develop as a coach this year.
0: And I, th- I would. So that I think would be the second challenge. I think the first one is going to be far more difficult for people. I'm going to challenge you to get out of your comfort zone and go somewhere and get in the presence of another human being that has no credential attached to it. You simply are there for the knowledge. That's it. You're simply there to learn and be a student. Go find out who it is. Kettlebells, jump rope, college strength conditioning, high school strength conditioning. I don't know. But you need to be open to walking in and seeing what's going on in there because you will learn something. And it might be how to not do something, which is just as valuable. But you need to put yourself in that position. So yes, take courses. But at the end of the day, you need to get your face out of the book and you need to actually go do this because this is a trade. I don't care all the stuff that, you know, at the end of the day, what I need to be able to do is I need to be able to manage this person right in front of me, because that is our job. Our job is not to regurgitate a bunch of information from textbooks. Our job is to make human beings move better and improve their lives. And if you don't interact with people and you don't practice that, and you don't make mistakes, and you don't have somebody else watch you do this, and you don't put yourself in an uncomfortable scenario, and you don't stretch yourself, and you don't seek things out that are too difficult for you to do, you will never get better at this. I don't care how many courses you take. So take those courses, but my real challenge to you is like, go seek out somebody who's really good at their craft and learn something from them. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Best Hour of Their Day podcast we appreciate you listening and choosing to have us help you and your passion for coaching and affiliate ownership. You can find more episodes just like this on all podcast platforms. If you're interested in learning more, you can reach out to us on any social media platforms, or you can visit www.besthouroftheirday.com to book a call. If you found this episode helpful for you, please share it so that we can help other coaches and affiliate owners to help build a bigger and stronger CrossFit community. Thanks for listening.